Here we go. We're rolling with week nine and our six pack of picks for some of our favorite games on a really good schedule of week nine contests around the NFL. We've got games in Germany. We've got uh, NFC East showdowns. We've got Ravens, Seahawks, all that more coming up. Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson, as always, at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Appreciate all the everydayers out there, by the way, that are subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Hit the thumbs up if you're watching us on YouTube. Notification bell as well if you always want to know uh, when the new podcasts arrive daily breaking down this league we love today's episode of peacock and williamson is brought to you by prize picks the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports go to prizepickscom slash locked on nfl and use code all lowercase locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars should we start 6 30 a.m pacific time sure that's a heavyweight fight let's do it Let's go to Germany. Um, Mike McDaniel doing a doing a number on the on the German media. I don't know if they get his humor as much as uh, as we <laughs> like it over here in the states, but uh, it's a great one. I mean, there's multiple. I'm going to go ahead and call Raven Seahawks game of the week a little bit later on. But I mean, there are so many candidates for game of the week this week, and and Dolphins Chiefs in Germany is absolutely a good one. This should be a good showcase. Uh, you know, worldwide for the NFL, having these two teams having, you know, the speed on the field that the Dolphins have and the best player in the sport and Patrick Mahomes on the other side. So who you got here? Dolphins, Chiefs. It looks like the Chiefs are favored by a measly one and a half points in this one. Yeah, this should be a lot of fun. And it looks like Jalen Ramsey's 100% back. I would imagine we'll see him on Kelsey some, but they're more of a zone team. I mean, like last week, he just kind of hung in his zone. Um Kansas City's D, to me, is really the story, though. I mean, they're really good up front. The Dolphins' O-line worries me. I think the secondary of Kansas City, plus Spagnolo, you know, throwing some things at Tua can at least slow the Dolphins down to some degree. Um, I'm pretty sure Miami went over several days, though, before Kansas City, which I think is a big deal in these overseas games, and that's that favors Miami, in my opinion. But only one and a half, I think Kansas City bounces back heavily. I mean, during the Reed-Mahome era, when they lose, the following week usually does not go well for the opponent, to say the least. And I also think Miami is yet to prove that they can beat the heavyweight. You know, that's, when they played, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where I was going. It's the, it's the thing that really jumps out. And, and Miami, with their speed, and they've run some teams – you know, off of the field, including yeah, yeah. Broncos in week three, you know, putting up 70 points. And we've seen it the last couple of weeks, big plays to to Tyree Kill. But they lost to the Eagles two weeks ago. And they lost to the Buffalo Bills, who actually aren't even playing that great of football. They played great football that day. And the Bills beat them by a lot, 48 to, to 20. Um, and so, you know, playing away from home, away from Miami, and uh, they have, really haven't beat Many good teams, if any good no, team, no, no. swept the Patriots, which is which is great for the Miami Dolphins. That's uh, you know something that uh, they haven't done a lot in the last couple of decades. 
but um, I, I'm going to reserve crowning the Dolphins as that team until they can go and beat a team like the Chiefs. So uh, awesome matchup. I can't wait. I'm mad that it's so early in the morning for me here on the West oh, Coast. You, you guys, can go yeah. out of bed and have breakfast at a normal time and and uh, and watch this game, Matt. But uh, I don't I don't know if I want to set my alarm for it. But man, I don't want to miss much of this game either. No, and frankly, I mean, you can. So my partner with my Steelers show, we're in the Steelers play tonight. So he has the rare opportunity to just kind of sit back and watch game after game after game. And he was laying out the quadruple header he's going to watch, like on the national feed. I mean, it's going to be awesome. I mean, you start with this one, end with the Sunday Nighter, Ravens, uh, Seattle in between. So, boy, I mean, there's a, a quadruple header for everyone to watch nationally. It's going to be really good this week. The Sunday Monday prime timers are not in our six pack, but uh, right, along right. with our six pack of Sunday picks on today's show, we are going to end with our preview of Thursday night. So, definitely want to get your input here on on the Steelers. Uh, going tonight against the uh, the Will Levis led yeah. right? Tennessee yep, Titans. Yep. Uh, we'll get to it. Little teaser yeah. there. I've done a lot of Levis homework. So we're both taking the Chiefs here, giving up one yes. after. Yes. How do you beat the Chiefs? It happened last week by not a good football team, right? So if you if you're just giving common opponents, the Broncos beat the Chiefs and. The Dolphins spanked the Broncos worse than any team has spanked any team this year, put up 70 points on them. Now, the Broncos looked a little bit different, you know, five weeks, six weeks ago than they do right mm-hmm. now. But is that an indicator at all for you, just with that common opponent and seeing how different those games looked? I'm not a believer in that. I mean, what's that math principle we learned in third grade? Is that the transitive property or whatever? If, if X is bigger than Y, then Y is bigger than Z, then X is bigger than Z or whatever. Right. I don't think that necessarily works because – uh, years of doing power ranks, I'd always hear that. Well, this team beat this team, and then that team beat this team, but you have them too low. I'm like, eh, I don't know that that applies. I think a key to beating the Chiefs, though, is giving the best player on the planet and a pretty intense flu and causing five turnovers. And I'm not yeah. sure. The- <laughs> Might have had something to do with it. And, Matt, I wouldn't be doing this job for a living if uh, I was good at transitive properties and, and math class. Whatever it was. Right, right, right. You know what's funny is I was actually on the the math and science team when I was in elementary school, and about what four years later I was like borderline flunking out of high school. So that's wow. how, <laughs> that took a turn <laughs> for the worse for sure. Yeah, and when I started to have to do like work at home, I'm like, wait a second, what? I can't leave school at school anymore and just like figure things out. <laughs> Found uh, other interests in life too, probably. <laughs> that's right. How about this? We got some rookies going, and some not the rookies we expected to be playing at this point in the season. The Minnesota Vikings are going to start BYU rookie quarterback Jaron Hall, and it's against the Atlanta Falcons, who are starting a different quarterback than we expected there as well, and Taylor Heineke now has the job with Desmond Ritter benched. We've got the Vikings at the Falcons, Falcons at home, favored by four and a half. Uh, This spread to me is perfect. I'm pretty sure Hall is going to be the eighth starting rookie quarterback already this year. I mean, we know the names, but also like O'Connell and Teabag and all these guys. I mean, so it's getting pretty crazy. He's probably just holding on the fort for a week for Josh Dobbs. Mm-hmm. Heineke, who knows how long he'll keep this job, but I do think he makes the Falcons a noticeably better team. Grady Jarrett being out doesn't make me thrilled with this this pick, but I think I'm leaning Atlanta. I just think a professional quarterback with those three weapons in Atlanta should do a lot of damage against the Vikings D. 
How about this? Jaron Hall, he's 25. He'll turn 26 before the end of the season. He's uh, obviously, you know, BYU, you, you get a lot mm-hmm. of those that are, that are old for rookies. He's especially old. Turning 26 before the Super Bowl is over. Um, I don't know exactly when his birthday is, but I know it is coming up at some point uh, in the next 100 days or so. Uh, and so how about this note? 21 of the <laughs> – Jaron Hall is – Older than 21 of the 52 players on the Vikings active roster. <laughs> wow. One I know them, they're a kind of young team, but wow. One of those is Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson won't be Jeez. catching passes from him because he's on IR. That would help a, a rookie quarterback. Uh, Justin Jefferson's over a year. He's like a year and a half younger than Jaron Hall. Wow. Pay that man is the, what, I, what I interpret that for Jefferson. I wonder if we ranked all the quarterbacks starting this week in terms of only age. I bet he's like 15th and it's his first career start. Yeah. And he's got to be older than expected. But I think, you know, as far as we've seen this recently and we see it a lot, you know, did you play a lot of college football? Mm -hmm. And are you, you know, uh, an older uh, at this position, being older and being an experienced, you know, quarterback and human being is, is helpful. So maybe that helps him keep his head above water here. Uh, and, and we'll see what that off, how, how much of a dip that offense takes, but it was the passing game and how well Kirk cousins was playing. I mean, it's gotta be a big dip here. Right. And Taylor Heineke actually helped and not hurts on the other side with, I think the Falcons offense, even though, you know, maybe not explosive, but I think he's better than Ritter at this point for helping you collect W's if you're the Falcons. So I got to give up the points and take the Falcons. That's my thought too. And one team got better, I think at quarterback and one got much worse. Uh, next, we've got tons more to get to in our Sunday six-pack of favorite games. We've got what I'm going to call game of the week. I didn't run that by you, Matt, but I'm going to go Seahawks-Ravens game of the <laughs> week. Uh, we got Giants-Raiders, some notes on uh, that Seahawks-Giants trade with Leonard Williams, uh, Commanders-Patriots, Bears-Saints, and, of course, the Thursday Nighter Titans at Steelers next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by DoorDash. When I think football, I think food. It's just that simple. You got to have a spread. You got to be prepared when you're getting ready for the game. Sometimes that means cooking out. Sometimes that means tailgating. Sometimes it means grilling out. Sometimes it means just sitting there waiting for a timeout and calling DoorDash and getting those pizza, wings, soda, burgers, whatever it is you want in your spread, uh, DoorDash, and get it all delivered without missing the game by the way doordash you can get uh retail and groceries if you want to go that route then you want to cook your own spread for football sunday while you're watching these six pack of games that matt and i are picking today uh my local favorites something like super duper burger is what i like doordash for matt i know in pittsburgh Pramanis and uh getting the sandwich getting the slaw doordash <laughs> and you can get up to 50 percent off uh, up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. It's subject to change. Terms apply. Again, don't forget to use code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change. Terms apply. Here we go. We've got the Seattle Seahawks game of the week at... The Baltimore Ravens, Ravens favored by six. This is game of the week for me because I think early in the season with how competitive these divisions are for the Seattle Seahawks, who just leapfrog the 49ers, uh, can get a little 
you know, a little breathing room with the Niners on a bye right here. If they beat a team like the Seahawks or like the like the Ravens, uh, the Seahawks are five and two. Ravens are six and two in Baltimore in the north. You know, they've still got to win a whole lot more games to be where they need to be and try to win that division. Steelers uh, are playing tonight can, uh, you know, can can get closer to the lead in that division if they beat the Titans and they are favored. Uh, you've got the Bengals playing some really good ball. I don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. We're going to wait till tomorrow on that one with the Cleveland Browns. But it's a pretty important game for a week nine game, I think, with two teams that are in opposite conferences. That's why I like this game a lot. I think it's too many points because I think it's more evenly matched than the six. Yeah, I'm taking the points for sure. I mean, Pete Carroll's teams, more so than any uh, West team that I'm aware of, travel really well coming east here and the early stuff doesn't seem to bother his teams whatever formula he uses seems to work um however i do think there's something real about lamar having like a 95 percent win percentage against the nfc i mean he's just so unique that if you don't play him often or if you only see him every four years you don't really know what you're getting into and you can't prepare for him during the week but I think both these defenses are playing really well. And boy, was I wrong on the Ravens defense. I mean, we do so much AFC North here on my Steelers show. I thought of the of the eight units in the North, four offenses, four defenses, the Ravens defense would be the last. It might be first. I mean, it's just so well coached and they scheme things up there. I think they're leading the league in sacks, even though they don't really have any good pass rushers. I mean, I think that kind of stuff is super impressive. But I love what Seattle's D is doing too. And now you have Leonard Williams. Just a lot of this. Poor Leonard Williams gets on a plane in New York, I guess, Wednesday morning, goes to Seattle for a day or two, turns around and goes to Baltimore. Like, why don't I just why don't I take the train to Baltimore and we'll meet you there, guys? You know? Yeah, can you take that <laughs> somewhere else? Um, <laughs> right, right. How about this? And and you mentioned the defenses. Shout out to our listener, Tim, on Twitter, who sent this to us. And a little cherry picking because it's recency. But look, these two yeah. teams are playing and they're both playing good football right now. Since week four. The Seattle Seahawks have the number one defense in points per game allowed, 12 and a half points per game. The Ravens have the second best defense since week four in points per game allowed, 13.2 yards per play. Seahawks number one, Ravens number two in the entire NFL, 4.1 and 4.2 yards per play since week four. Number two in the NFL, Seahawks yards per game allowed, number one, Baltimore Ravens, 267, 274 yards per game allowed, number one and two in the NFL since week four. And sacks per game that you mentioned, the Ravens are number two in the NFL, four sacks per game since week four. And the Seattle Seahawks, number one, 5.3 sacks per game. So points per game allowed, yards per game allowed on defense, yards per play, sacks per game. Since week four, the Seahawks and Ravens are either one or two in all those stats. That's bonkers. How about this Ravens stat? I posted this five days ago. So yes, it it still stands. They haven't played since then. First quarter point differential. The Ravens are plus 49. <laughs> After the first quarter, they, in the first quarter, they've outscored their opponents by 49 points. I mean, that's a Lamar Harbaugh thing year after year. I mean, they always go in the halftime with the lead. That's crucial to me for Seattle, especially on the road. But I still like the points here. It seems like way too many. I mean, that's so important. Get the lead early, make the other yep. team one-dimensional, and then that's when you start collecting sacks. That's your Niners problem, right? Right. Now. And so they didn't yeah. have the lead in the second half of the last three games. We're like, oh no, what do we do now? Front yeah, runner. Yeah, yeah people call them the yep. Niners front runners right now. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, everyone's a front runner in the NFL. It's tough um, if you don't have the lead. And if a, a really good team, really well coached team, 
mm-hmm. you know, can uh, can pin their ears back and make you one dimensional. I mentioned that Ravens D and they are really, really good, but I liked how Seattle handled the one defense I might put ahead of them in the Browns. I thought that they did really, really well. And getting those two tackles back, I think, goes a long way for Seattle. They're a good team. You mentioned Leonard Williams, too. A note here as we transition into the Giants at Raiders on Sunday. Uh, Leonard Williams talked about the because we, we treat it like it's Madden sometimes. It's like, oh, how come sure, you right. didn't do a trade? Or you should have traded for this guy or, you know, this guy over here, these are human beings. And, you know, sometimes these, these teams spend a lot of time together and there's a family atmosphere sometimes. And sometimes that means you want a guy out and you don't like him having or having around, but I don't think Leonard Williams is one of those. And so uh, I loved hearing Leonard Williams talk about the trade going from New York to Seattle and that the GM Joe Shane talked to him about it and said, look, here, you know, there's some, we're not shopping you, but some teams are calling and you know, there's, there's, there's a team in Seattle it's winning and we're not right now, you know, so some, some self-awareness by the New York giants, knowing where their season's going is like, Hey, do you want to go play for a team that, that might be playing deep into January, you know, a, a playoff team. And so um, I love hearing those stories because it's not just like all, Hey, we traded you. See you later, you know, get on a plane is, you know, they're, 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 they're human beings. And, uh, and uh, it makes it more difficult in a lot of ways, but it's, it's not as easy as just saying, okay, we accept and we're going to ship this guy and he's going to move his entire family across the country. Um, you know, I, I like when I hear stories about GMs being upfront with their players, letting them know what's going on. And, and uh, you know, when you do right by a player and let them pick, if there's a couple of teams that have similar, uh, you know, a similar offer, if you're trying to trade a guy. And even if you get a little bit less, you send the player to the place that he wants to go. Yeah. I mean, hundred percent. I mean, I, I keep thinking about Moneyball, where he just goes in there and tells them you're traded. Boom. I mean, like I, I think those days are probably done because everybody knows everyone, and you know you don't want to get that reputation as a cold uh, group. And I'm sure it feels good that some team wants you. I mean, you phrase it that way. Hey, Seattle really wants you. Oh, that feels great. But I also have a seven year old daughter who I now have to move across country who right. to pull her out of school, or I'm going to leave without her, and. Even just thinking of Leonard Williams, he got drafted by the Jets, signs with the Giants, probably doesn't even move his house. You know, I mean, just stays in New York. Yeah, I, assume he, go, I, you know. I don't know if he lives in New York or New Jersey. I assume he lives yeah. somewhere uh, in New Jersey or, you know, somewhere outside of Manhattan. But, um, yeah, you, you have a family, and he's been there for years in that market, mm-hmm. in that area. Yeah. So that's, that's not easy. Uh, as far as this game, Giants Raiders, I mean, two teams that aren't in a great spot. It's Daniel no. Jones, right? It's Daniel Jones versus Aiden O'Connell, it looks like, this week. With the Raiders, short week, fired everybody, fired play callers. Like, how, how can you have a? How can you have that team favored? I know they're at home. They're I favored by one and a half. The Giants have been awful, but at least they, you know, they're, they're going to have their veteran quarterback back. They traded. They're in sell mode. They know they're not good. I mean, what an awful game this is going to be. This is the anti game of the week here. Uh, but interesting. And I just, I think I have to take points here. I don't, with with and you know maybe Antonio Pierce as interim head coach is, but you don't have this. How do you get ready for a game? Short week. Everyone's fired. Maybe they're playing extra hard. But rookie quarterback who's calling plays. How do you install? Like I don't know. It, it, it seems like something that. You might not get that interim coach bump in the short term, but it sounds like Vegas thinks that they will get that interim short term bump. I'm not buying it. I'm I'm taking the points in the Giants. Me too. I, I I agree with everything exactly you said. And I'm not an experienced or smart enough better to know this, but I bet the but the betting public thinks 
interim head coach bump. You know, like you're you're gonna get a, a a spark for at least one week with a new coach. But like you said, short work, you know, short week, term to much, you know, very tons of turmoil all week. How long do you prepare? And hey, you and I aren't the biggest Daniel Jones fans around, but he's a lot better than Aiden O'Connell. I mean, he's coming back at least, and they'll hand the ball to Barkley a million times. They won't ask DeVito not to throw, you know, I mean, so right. you still got to block <laughs> I mean, Dexter Lawrence, you know. I would get it if it was DeVito at, at exactly, exactly. Right. But, you know, Daniel Jones back, and uh, to be honest with you, I don't know that Daniel Jones is necessarily better than Aiden O'Connell. I just don't know enough about Aiden O'Connell. And he's got a, they, they fired their offensive coordinator, too. So it's not like the the it's the same play caller. And so how do you install that? How do you – I don't know. Maybe they do get that bump, but I, I would stay far away from the Raiders right now. And they weren't a good team to begin with. So I don't know even no. if they're fired up. I don't know if they have the talent there aside from one guy on each side of the ball. Uh, is that enough? Aiden O'Connell, just does he just drop back and chuck it all day to, to Devontae Adams, an angry Devontae Adams? Is Max Crosby extra angry, you know, and, and make life – I'm sure he'll have six sacks, but, you know, right. All right, next we got Commanders, Patriots, Bears, Saints, yep. and Thursday Nighter, Titans at Steelers in our Week Nine six pack. As you're watching all these games on Sunday, open up the Prize Picks app and why don't you play along with them and have as much fun as you will have playing daily fantasy sports this season? Oh yeah, and while you're having all that fun, you can win up to 25 times your money playing Prize Picks. Super easy. You select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats. And place your entry. And how about this now? With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league, uh, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey together at 10.5 combo of three points made and receptions. Right, So now you're watching multiple sports and playing along with not only the NFL, but the NBA. Uh, you can play along with some famous prize picks players as well, like rapper Meek Mill and uh, comedian Andrew Schultz and, and play against them as well. So tons of fun ways to play at prize picks. And you can get a little bonus using our uh, our promo code at prizepicks.com. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL or download the app and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Here we go. We got the commanders in sell mode now. Uh, this is uh this is a re this is officially, Matt, as of this week, a rebuilding franchise. The Washington Commanders at the New England Patriots. Patriots at home favored by three. And what's interesting here is I've heard some people, and I think you've actually talked about it as a nice fit, as potentially the head coach of the Patriots that the Washington uh, yeah, Commanders yeah. are playing against, potentially being the Washington Commanders' long-term head coach as early as next year, speaking of trades. And maybe they needed those extra draft picks to do a coach trade. So we'll see what happens there in the offseason. But what do you think about Commanders Patriots this week? I, I bring that up. I mean, football historians probably don't even remember this, but that's how Vince Lombardi finished his career. I mean, he went to Washington and took over the whole franchise and was the czar and, you know, it was in totally in control. And I don't know, maybe Belichick could do something like that. I don't know. But Washington was a a bottom five defense with Sweat and Young. And now they're gone. And I mean, <laughs> I know the Patriots offense isn't daunting, but it's 
showing some signs of life lately. The O-line's playing better, and Ramondre and Mac Jones are okay. I wish this was less than three, though. I mean, should the Patriots really be favored by anybody over by, by three points? Uh, that's, that's hard for me, and I like what Hal did, and they have weapons, so I'm going to take the points here. I hate focusing so much on this now, but as you were talking and mentioning, now that I think about it, you got to trade your four three ends because Belichick's going to come over. You have a more of an odd front, <laughs> yeah, more of a combo to. front, so you need the stand up rushers a little bit more. Maybe even you play, uh, you play Allen a little bit more on the outside with Payne inside. Maybe that's why they had to get rid of their defensive ends. Okay, I'm starting to see it there. They need um, a Vrabel and McGinnis, and yeah. <laughs> All of our games in the six pack and in, and Thursday night football, all the all the favorites are at home, so we have no home dogs to to bet on this mm. one. Uh, I'm taking a lot of points, and I think I'm going to take points in this one because even though they don't have any defensive ends, uh, I'm not super worried about that. I just, I, I you know, I, I hate what's going on with the Patriots more than I hate what's going on with yeah. the Commanders. And uh, in an ugly game like this that could be low scoring, I'm going to take points, and so I'm going to take that field goal and take the Commanders. Me too. We've agreed on all of them. Are we going to agree on Bears at Saints? The Saints are favored by eight and a half over mm. Titan Agent and uh, and the Chicago Bears, who were buyers, surprisingly, at the deadline. They did not sell Jalen Johnson. They brought in Sweat from the Commanders. Uh, and he Justin Fields won't be playing. He's still week to week. But um, Montez Sweat will be on the field. That's, that's going to help. Uh, that's the biggest weakness on that team right now maybe aside from what they're doing on offense with the quarterback and and um but as far as like coming into the year we knew it was going to be that way sweat's got i think i think sweat has more sacks than the entire defense combined something crazy like they have not gotten or all their edge guys at least i they have not gotten any production with outside rush no it's a horrible position is it enough to beat the saints eight and a half is a lot of points i don't i hate this one yeah, and I would guess Sweat at least is a third down rusher type, you know, designated pass rush guy. I just don't know that New Orleans is going to get into third and long very often. I mean, I just think this is going to be tons of Kamara, keep it close to the vest. I still like the Saints defense. I think they control this game to no end, but that might not be an eight and a half point victory. I mean, right. the defensive minded head coach will be very happy to just sit on the ball, deflate the ball late in the game. While the Bears are throwing, I smell backdoor cover in a big way. I'm still going to lay the points, though. I, okay. I, I wouldn't touch it. I'm not touching it. This isn't me having co- tons of confidence in the Bears, but maybe they do have a little extra giddy up thinking, man, okay, we got we got better, not worse at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do like the message that that sends, even if maybe I don't necessarily agree with it fully uh, with, with what their plan is in Chicago. Uh, but it's just too many points for me in what could be an ugly contest and a low-scoring contest. So I'm going to take all those points. And, you know, Saints by a touchdown, and you still win that backdoor cover. And so yeah. I am going to take the Bears. So at least, at least we uh, we have one disagreement here on our picks. And we got to finish up with your Steelers, Matt, who are hosting the Tennessee Titans. Is Will Levis going to roll into Pittsburgh and throw four touchdowns? I think not. <laughs> um, not. Yeah, I mean, very impressive debut, without question. But Grady Jarrett got hurt in that game. They played a ton of soft zone. And to the Titans' credit, what they did with them was like 25% of Levis's throws were behind the line of scrimmage, and about 25% of them were just bombs away. <laughs> and he made, you know, it was not a lot of intermediate quarterbacky stuff. It was either get it out or just chuck it up the nuke. Yeah. 
And now I think that there's at least a book on them and a short week on the road. I don't think you can install all that much more. I mean, this time last week we were talking about, yeah, I think Levis is going to start, but Willis is going to be in there for a fair amount too. And I mean, that probably goes out the window, but that was only, you know, a week ago and short week on the road is brutal. And frankly, I think the Titans O line is in for a really, really long night. Cam Hayward comes back and the edge guys were already a problem for the Steelers. Minka's out. That's big. I can see Hopkins doing some things, but Tomlin's record home night games. I mean, like Monday nights and Thursday nights is unbelievable. His record versus rookie quarterbacks is unbelievable. I mean, it's an awful environment, I think, for Levis to walk into. It's Levis is going to have a bigger challenge than he had last week. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And, you know, he wasn't perfect either. Do Does does Hopkins catch everything that was 50-50? You know, um, my question, though, is, and I love how aggressive, that that's one thing that I really, really liked about Levis um, in that He's game. not bashful is he's not afraid. He did not yeah. wilt. That's one thing that you see sometimes from rookie quarterbacks is there's no confidence there and they're not, they're afraid to let it rip and, and kind of mm-hmm. seeing things slowly. And and I thought he, I didn't think it looked too fast for him. I yeah. love the game plan of short and long because I think that's the strength. It's like, okay, we're going to scheme it up for you to get it out of your hands quick. And we're going to avoid pass rush that way. Uh, and then let it fly. Let, let's take some shots. You've got a guy that can rebound everything back there. No Minka. So, that's a key for me, and I want to hear it from you. How do how does that secondary match up against Hopkins specifically? Well, first of all, too, they also used an obscene amount of play action last week. For so, I mean, the ball's going to go to Hopkins and Henry, and no surprise yes. there. Right. There's also an obscenely low over under in this game. I mean, it's like 36 or 38 or something mm. really bad. I mean, it's it's you know, Steelers' offense is not exactly a juggernaut, and that Titans' front is good. Um, I actually wrote an article about Minka this week. You know, what does his loss mean? You can find it on my Twitter timeline. But I just called him a fireman. I mean, the way they've been using Minka, like when he got here, you play deep middle. You be Ed Reed. You be Earl Thomas. And I thought he was the best in the league at that. Now, he just puts out fires. You know, like, well, can't cover Mark Andrews. Minka, do that. Uh, We need a blitzer out of the slot. Minka, do that. There's a fire over there. Go put that out. You know, like. Uh, the joke I always make is he's mowing curly in the boat where, you know, where a leak springs up and you plug it and then another one springs up. And I mean, that's how the Steelers secondary is terrible right now, except for him and Porter Jr. They have two good guys in the secondary. And by the way, all of our lines that we reference here are coming from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Two and a half Steelers are favored right now at home. I think this is another game where I'm going to take the road team and take the points, Matt, because Thursday weirdness. It's a low over-under. I think the most telling stat at the end of the game is Nuke Hopkins touchdowns versus TJ Watt sacks. Who has more? Mm. I hear you. Um, another number that might you a, persuade you a little bit. I'm taking the Steelers here. I think they win by three or more. The Titans are allowing a ton of outside production. Receivers outside the numbers. And Deontay and Pickens never really go to the slot. I mean, they should, but they don't. I, I could see both or one of them having a blow-up day today, too. It's going to be a fun week, man. Uh, I think the Thursday nighter is going to be good. I can't wait to see if this Steelers team can keep it up. I want to see Will Levis again. 
I have feeling, I'm psyched to watch Levis, yeah. Yeah, and I have a feeling it's not going to be as easy. So, you know, I know Tennessee fans are really excited right now, but it's, it's a process. It's a process it is, for yep. quarterbacks, and, and we'll see what that looks like in week number two. Uh, but promising start to his career. Tons of great games. More of those picks we will make on tomorrow's show. We've got Cowboys-Eagles. We've got um, – what else we have? I don't know. We have, we have a ton of great games. Oh, it's great to yeah. So, and of course, we'll break down everything we saw on Thursday Night Football as well tomorrow to finish up the week. And we will talk to you then right here. Peacock and Williamson.